All right. So welcome to another episode of Everything Cool, the podcast. We're here today with a very special guest. But before we get into him, y'all might recognize him. This is... I don't even know how you get the name War Daddy. <laughs> the War Daddy. Yeah. But, you know, like you, he has so much inspirational moments, like viral moments, actually, um, that I always share. Like, it's a similar clip where you was like, you know, as a child, I ain't grew up with nothing. Yeah, like, you yeah. know, I ain't grew up with no toys. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. This me, this Jay Sergeant. My name is Jay Sergeant. Uh, A.K.A. the War Daddy. War Daddy. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. He came up from a mighty long way, eh? A mighty long way. <laughs> a mighty long way. A mighty long way. Because yeah. I think the first time, actually, I seen you, what's that viral clip from what collected? Because I was sort of, what I was working Burns on? Burns House. Yeah, Burns House. Um, I think I was working on a Let's Celebrate campaign at the time, so... We, I saw that video. People thought I shot it because I was doing the last celebrate campaign with it. Actually, yeah, twenty eighteen. And then the first time with me and you crossed paths was when um, me and Julian. I was doing the whole going down on Bay with Julian Believe, mm-hmm. and we came there to record the girls. And then they was like, "My boy, I know you know Kool Aid." Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. man, yeah. Yeah, cool. Mm. It was like, wait, side selling roots? Yeah, oh and yeah, he, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah like, he's like, yeah, they were just like, yeah, you're reading the back there. And then I think we had, I came back again to do something for Collect when we was doing Let's Celebrate Junkanoo. And then we have you all going by the fire and you said something like, you know, happy 30th anniversary, Collect. And then now we are. <laughs> yeah. 2022, eh? 2022, that was 2018, four years ago. Yes, yes. So, yeah. Before we get into thick of it, um, the Negus of Nassau, Lord Jalen Willett, coming to you again on another episode of Everything Cool. Yeah, we don't want to do anything to scare your children. That's the last thing we want to do. We don't want to scare anybody. The tourists come over to chill on the beach. But they don't come over the hill where we sleep. We got nightmares and they got fantasies. No sanity, it's just insanity. My mommy hoping nothing happens to me. And to the left of me, we have the illustrious Jay Sargent. Jay Sargent, that's correct. That's <laughs> correct, hey? All right. It's correct, yeah. So, you know, also known as War Daddy. War also- Daddy. War Daddy. War right. Daddy. We, we, we yeah. pull your mic over. Yeah, War Daddy. Your bullet? Yeah. Yeah, so so, you know, you might know him from the viral clips, and then people actually are shocked that you are an actual, you know, officer of the Royal Bahamas Police Force. Yes, yes. 36 years. Wow. Served. <laughs> yes. 1986, eh? Wow. Okay. Yeah, very long time. So, before we get into that, so we always have this segment called the Bayman Word Phrase, the saying of the day. And we always give that to our um, guests that we have on. So, we bestow the honor to you. Yes, yes. Well, then, you know, you have to put some things in perspective. Mm. And it's a pleasure to be here. Mm. Yeah, and there's that. And so I am grateful. Okay. You know, God has been good. So God has been good is the word of the day. God has been great. Okay. God has been great, not just good. Good, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. So starting with your background. So in the year of our Lord in 1986, what made you want to be like, part of the police force because at this time you know the whole 
I think it was the heavy drug trade going on at that time. Yes. And I mean, for a peaceful archipelago nation, it was something new that we haven't really seen. You know, not only just being some years removed from independence, but you start seeing black Bahamians at large getting, you know, buying houses and nice things and cars coming out that period of where everywhere is living in squalor. So what was that for you around that time? Like, you know, what your life was like, what you were seeing and what made you say, hey, I'm going to be a police officer. Man, let me tell you something. I, yeah. I think it was, um, I was attending the Uriah Markvi Primary School there in Camp Road when Bob Marley had visited the okay. Commonwealth of the Bahamas. And um, I never forgot the escorts of that of the police officers okay. who were all draped and uniformed in their beautiful attire. Um, escorting this, um, I think it was a, like a, a convertible top um, Cadillac, the old Mahatma Rice. There was a a Cadillac, a white Cadillac that they used with the Mahatma Rice mm. commercial that he rode in. And um, being a young child at the time, um, we were all asked to stand at the sidewalk and we watched as he paraded. Um, he was being chauffeured. And I loved the uniform of that of the Royal Bahamas Police Force. And I saw how um, well poised they were and the way they conducted the parade mm. and, and taking full control of the streets. And ever since, you know, um, you know, growing up with both my parents, I always watched my father love my mother. Mm. always and watch my mother love my father. So I grew up in a home, a Christian home, where there was zero tolerance as it relates to negativity. So everything in life was work. Mm. There was no time to play. I didn't no know toys. how to play. What toy? Maybe <laughs> a toy from... <laughs> my daddy came home with three or four dollars. He shared that equally. Mm. And that was when you're going to buy a purchase sausage and bread. The for, raisin for, for bread, like, the yellow like bread. Cents you know what's going on. Yeah, yeah, you may yeah, be yeah. able to say. No, I'm I, 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 young, but I got yeah, an old yeah, soul. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. When my uh, father bought those big, thick sausage, uh, it could have shared amongst the entire family, and we were happy mm. and satisfied. It's amazing yeah. how you be happy mm. with less, but stressful less. with more, oh. like, you know? You know, people today show less gratitude and appreciation for the much that they have, mm. and they call it little. Little wow. could be plenty, mm. and plenty could be too much, yeah. and too much could be a little bit, mm. and a little bit could be more than plenty. Mm. People want more. That's true. Like, you know. it's, so deep, it's, it's, serious, it's a serious chemistry, you know? Mm. But, yeah. But I had a good, good life, childhood, life being brought up. Um, you know, my father and my mother, it was always discipline. Everywhere we go, how to say, excuse me, pardon me, good morning, um, good evening, thank you, and you're welcome, et cetera, et cetera. So that was in me. And then my mother was a school teacher, mm. you know, for many, many years. What your, your father did? My father was a pastor, and he was also a mechanic. So it was, he, it was just, had, you just uh, always had that fine yeah. structure, like. Man, listen, yeah, yeah. I was deeply rooted, mm. so to speak, and structured in the family home. Mm. 
mm. where, you know, we had both parents. Mm. Yeah. So I what age you had joined the police force? And what was the culture of the police force at the time? Because uh when did I think the police force would have been only like twenty years old about that time? Because when oh, I trying to remember which Remember, Parliament actually established the Royal Bahamas Police Force. But I think it was established like in the 50s, 60s. So by the time you came on, it would have been maybe in existence for like 20 plus years. Well, I'll tell you. Uh, I'll tell you, Justin. um, I would not want to call numbers at this present time because I never went into that aspect of Mm. it. When given the opportunity to become a police officer in 1986, um, you know, um, I was a little bit glad to get away from my father. Mm. The workload that he gave me Mm. was huge, astronomical, gigantic, extravagant. And it wasn't like there was no weight, Mm. too much weight when it came to him. Mm. Son... You weed the grass that I asked you to weed? Did you get around the side of the house? Or did you get around the side of the garage? We had an auto body shop. Mm. That is on Bodolio Street. And I'll tell you, when I went into the junior high school, which was L.W. Young, mm. my mom and I had to walk from L.W. Young on Bernard Road through Bodolio Street mm. every evening to help him. You know, because we were family orientated mm-hmm. and we did everything together and tried to keep it within means of our budget. And I saw why my father did that. Even today, I have to resort to that with my little family mm-hmm. because that's the only way sometimes you can survive. Whereas the saying, keep it in the family mm-hmm. as it relates to business. Yeah, yeah, of course. So with that family ethic, you just was like, okay, well, well. I like it that you said you had to, as a young man, be like, okay, I have to make, I want to feel like a man and sort of branch off under my father. Like, take his teachings, but I got to make a name for myself because I got to feel like a man too because I'm on that age. And I feel like, you know, a lot of young men in society probably have that feeling, but it's misguided through other different things or don't have that really solid foundation that mm-hmm. you are or I had or many others like ourselves had. And then just somewhere along the line, mm-hmm. just very off the path. And it don't necessarily mean that they have to be a criminal to where they mm-hmm. go to jail, but it has to be more so in probably personal dynamics to where you make mistakes and it costs you. Yeah, yeah. well, I, let me see if I can share a little light on that. Uh-huh. Um, what I've observed with being in the police was the... Majority of the young men today hmm. is peer pressured. Okay, hmm. let's say I am in a grouping of friends that I so-called friends. Hmm. I would love to be a Christian so bad. But if I was to become a Christian, they call me a punk. Hmm. Or they say, man, you ain't making no sense. That, ain't really, that religion, man, let's become Rastafarian. Come go with us around by the camp. Hmm. And um, when I was growing up, um, back in the day at my very, it wasn't a, I don't think we had not one Bahamian that I could recall that had dreadlocks mm-hmm. or like look Rastafarian like until Bob Marley came here. And that's what a lot yeah. of people say, you know, because I've heard that yeah. since I was a child, like they was like, 
Yeah. Ever since he had that concert, like came, it shift. That was it. Yeah, like it We shifted. saw people growing their hair and, yeah. you know, and um, uh, studying the religion. And um, then camp started to set up. Yeah. Then a lot of our young men, they went off to Jamaica and Africa to intensify the religion in order to bring it back here so that the culture could have been carried throughout the Commonwealth. Mm. Because back then, when I was growing up, it was, you, all of the men were like well-groomed. And when I say groomed, full beard, like how you are well-shaven. Mm. And then in the police force, we had a lot of colonialism, like officers from Trinidad and Barbados. And we had um, um, officers from like Great Britain and England and from all, all walks of life that came to like um, foster better relationship and teaching some of the native officers the way as it relates to the criminal aspect and the crime. But the crime was not as high mm. as it is today. I yeah. always wondered about that. So what was the sort of outlook on dealing with crime then at that point? Because... Like I said before, this was peak Coke era, like, you know, in yes, the 80s. Like, yes. so, but it wasn't like, like was I, because even when you go back and look at other countries, like it was massive bloodshed. Like what happened on going on today was happening then because people mm. fighting over this powder. But it wasn't as such here like that. It was more, it's still, like, even though this was going on, it's still relatively peaceful. So, yeah. um, how was y'all tackling that at that time and over the years? How have y'all sort of, as police officers, sort of shifted how you tackle crime? Well, I'll tell you, back then, um, if you look at the archipelago and the chain of islands that the Commonwealth of the Bahamas has been structured, mm. 700 islands plus 6,000 keys, little dots here and there, um, a lot of the drug trade or the drug dealers back, like the Carlos leaders and the um, Joe leaders and so on and so forth, mm -hmm. the they use the chain of islands for transport or the next point to get to whatever destination. Because if you look at how we are set up um, globally, um, I'm on the north the northeastern side of us, um, there is no other island as it relates to if you were to travel northeast, mm. you go straight to Africa from here, from there. And on the western side is where you get more of the United States and Central the America. Central America. Yeah. And so it was like a drug trade. And then you had the Caribbean islands like the other Caribbean islands like Jamaica, Cuba, and then the other um, name in Haiti, etc. So, um, like I, I feel like a lot of the drug dealers took advantage of that. And when it came into the Bahamas, it was like a touch and go situation. Mm -hmm. And then the young man saw that that was an avenue to make a few dollars, mm -hmm. I guess, and they were um, uh, coaxed into it. And and um, uh, uh, some of them were probably not even properly informed, but they just did it mm. as a way to get, get their power a little yeah. double dollars. Yeah, but you know, as a policeman back then, um, 
you know, everybody knew somebody. And it was like tight, tightly knit. Um, the, the people of the community would have given the police information almost right away. And the drug trade was either shaken some would way or it was topped in right away by the police because, you know, the people are closely knitted. Mm. You know, and the majority of our police officers are family relatives mm. that are either drug dealers or was a part of it. And so if, you know, anything was happening around the homes, your parents who still will be loyal to the system mm. and they will report their love and so on and so forth. And that's how we tapped into making it a little bit easier back then. Mm. But today we have a lot of, a mixed culture and persons born of different um, uh, ethnic backgrounds mm. and cultural. So they have more loyalty to certain things as to how to um, get to the top and they study the drug deal um, different from back in the day. More technology has advanced the trade and it causes us even work even harder. But we get a lot of support from members of the public. At this time, we get a lot of support still. Okay. Mm-hmm. So with that information, I have one question. Why should someone join the police force? Because I, I think people get into the armed forces, whether it be the police force or the defense force, as a way to sort of, I guess, jumpstart their professional career and then see, okay, let me see where this goes. I don't know necessarily is always a passion to fight crime or whatever, but it's more so, hey, I want to get from childhood into adulthood and this is probably a good system. I mean, in the US, people use the army for the same reason right. too. So where it's like, okay, I'm a child, but I wanna I want really necessary like go off to college or whatever. Or this might help me go to college. Right. Or, you know, but it's like this is a system to where I could sort of grow into myself. Like mm. so do you feel like people um, that's a valid reason for people to join or would you think it's a good reason to join the police force? It is a valid reason to mm. join too. Um, a lot of us come from broken homes. Mm. Um, a lot of us live as it relates to surrogate families mm. where our aunts and our uncles um, brought us up who mother or father didn't turn prey to drugs or alcoholism. Mm -hmm. A lot of the children realized as they were growing up, they were mistreated and they would have liked to have what John have, what Tom have, what Jack have, what Sarge have, what Jill have. And the police force, I would say, to join the police force for a job, get that out of your mind. Join the police force to come and work. You don't have to work hard, you work smart. Mm. You understand? And today, back then, we worked really hard, but we also worked smart because what we did, we fostered relationships with countries such as Jamaica, with the exchange as to how they deal with their persons that, um, because back then, their crime was way much higher than our crime. Yeah. And we always had bilateral ties with. Jamaica, Haiti, and the rest of the Caribbean and South America. And today, um, it is still like that, where we have officers come from uh, um, um, the Turks and Caicos and 
they come into our police college and we train them. And we have officers that go there and they are trained. But um, anyone wanting to join the police force, they don't come to just get a job. You come to work so that um, if it is you come with the ulterior motive because you see crime happening around you. Because I joined when I saw all of the crime. And like I said earlier, I saw how the police officers were dressed and I loved their uniform and their department. And I joined because I wanted to make a difference in my country mm. when I see the crime and the level of it. And even now, so that's why I'm still there. And that's why I'm here and still fighting crime after 36 years. And God knows um, it wasn't easy. It was really, really hard. I had to do a lot of praying, soul searching, and testing and evaluation of my own self mm. in order to stay competitive with the outside world. Because every time the police force move up like two or three or four knots, the criminal move up 10. Mm. And so we play and catch up. You know, so much to say. But now, since the advance of technology is now only one for one now, you understand? You mm. do the crime, mm. you do the time. Mm. The police right there on you. Um, the commissioners that I've worked at, because I came in under Gerald Bartlett. I came, I was under about nine, about 10 commissioners. Mm. Up to our um, now commissioner. What's your, actually, speaking of that, what's your official rank right now? I'm a sergeant. Okay. Yeah, I'm a sergeant. So you yeah. a sergeant, yeah. last name is yeah. sergeant. Last name is <laughs> grateful. I am grateful. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Just, I'm grateful. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. God has been great to me. Uh. Yeah. So like I say, the police force is the place. And those out there who may be listening and watching, mm. I would encourage you to come with a good attitude because we need all the men and women. If you notice, we're losing a lot of our men to mm. crimes and murders and we really want you guys to come and, you know, do the right thing and help us. If we can't solve it all, put a stop to some of what's going on. Okay. So the next question is, obviously, there's been a point of contention with law enforcement worldwide in the last, like, decade. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, you know with the social media revolution and, you know, there's always how I say some bad apples in the sack. So what really makes or constitutes a good officer in your opinion? Because they always be like, okay, we have these bar cops who be doing X, Y, and Z and yeah. taking oh. advantage of the law and abusing people and things like that. So like, just give me a whole take around that and what constitutes a good law enforcement officer. Justin, I'll tell you this. Um, got good home upbringing, okay? Like persons like myself. Mm. Um, very fine, but I'm fair. Mm. A lot of times I see people commit offenses and rather them being arrested for it, mm. I evaluate them, especially minor offenses. Mm. You know, um, uh I'm in the mobile division. Mm. If I stop a vehicle, there's a group of young men. I could look and become judgmental based on their actions after the stop. Mm. So I reevaluate their response mm. based on my stop to them. Mm. You give me a good attitude, then 
I, well, I always come up with a good attitude towards any individual. Mm-hmm. Um, it is up to them how they present themselves to me as an officer, mm-hmm. questioning them, and then I'm doing a name search. I call the police control room. Um, once they give me and present an ID that I think is valid and is of uh, good standing orders, I give the information to the control room, and they give me the information, almost checking the entire antecedents and making sure that if, in fact, if this person can be allowed to go, even if it is in no offense of no large, um, uh, um, a big offense, or is a minor offense. They have right. A, I know, will. They um, have a warrant. Or yeah, yeah. If they have warrants and things that I deal with that according to our laws. Mm. But um, to constitute being a good police officer is good home upbringing, mm. family orientated, good family structure and background, um, attending churches, attending social events that may give you a broader perspective on your behavior. Mm. I'm joining Kavanis, I'm going into um, different youth clubs and things like that, and um, becoming ambassadors, young ambassadors, and probably, you know, even joining the cadet corps. Mm. You know, we have a cadet corps from the police and the defense force, and that usually stares um, the majority of our officers who our commissioner or commissioners have chosen from. Mm. Um, you have a child or children or you are a guardian for children that are not yours, but they are dependent of you. Um, you, you put them in the cadet cause and police cause and, and, and you'll see it um, manifest from there straight into their adult life. Mm. And then you get to like you say, the bad apples and the um, the good apples, everywhere in the world, don't care what organization you're in, there will always be. As Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, mm-hmm. he proved it to us. When Judas Iscariot, who was one of when and betrayed the 12, him, you know. one of them, he where were you? Mm. Everybody praying and kneeling down, asking God, Please don't let me be crucified. Mm. And you out there trying to sell the Lord. Mm. And that's where it's going on. And that's how it is in many organizations. And any company is anything you trying to bring up, you always will have a Judas somewhere there about. And that's why it is good for entrepreneurs and leaders and the commissioners and the commodores and the commandants of the defenders and the prison commissioner. To keep praying. Just yeah. keep praying. Mm. If they prescribe the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and person, they're like, I do, why mm. you would pray? Mm. Because when you're dealing with leadership and businesses, you have to pray. You have to have faith like Job just did. Mm. You understand? Because you have a lot of people that sometimes comes into business for the wrong ulterior motives. And that sort of go back to people going in for the job and then seeing how they can flex power for the job. Like, some, you know. Yeah, but some people yeah. use the police or the defense force to, like, I shouldn't say to retaliate, but some of them have been bullied mm. in their lifetime. Some of them watch their mothers and their fathers, fathers too, 
are taken advantage of by wives or mothers mm. or the female counterparts. You know, um, there's a lot of complaints I went to. And I watched men mm. being taken advantage of. And God knows sometimes I just feel that for them. Mm. But, you know, I call a spade a spade. Mm. And I be fair across the board. And I make a judgment whether it was the right one or close to the right one, but I make one where I sure I can see fairness and both sides can understand my reasons for my actions mm. once I am called to deal with complaints and matters. But a lot of men in this country are being abused verbally and physically too. Mm. Emotionally, the men, I think the men suffer way more than the women. You think so? Yeah, man. I mean, with, with, yeah, because yeah, with, with, with the domestic violence cases, and mm. then a lot of, because, you know, there's been reports, you know, like I tell you, like, I work at a news station. So right. hearing the whole reports, I think in the last month, there were reports with a serial rapist going around in Freeport, or in Grand Bahama at large right. or whatever. And then all, a lot of cases of domestic violence not being reported. I wouldn't say necessary to then. So I don't understand what you're saying because... It, their complaints aren't taken seriously. Like, yeah, ain't I, no well, I will say this. Uh-huh. Um, and I want to be fair. Mm. And I don't want to sound biased of that against the women. Mm. A lot of the men do what they do because they are crying out. They don't know who to turn to, who to trust. Men have egos such as if I go to the police yeah. and I report this woman, mm. hey, you look at me. Like Less a than a man or a punk, but it's sissy, so to speak. Oh, why he can't deal with his own affairs? Look at him. He big and he strong. Sometimes the men try to walk away. So what they do? They get involved with other relationships, and it causes them to become abusive to the woman who abused them verbally or indirectly because mm. of certain things they both may have wanted to start, like a business. Mm a family, or even as simple as you go to your church, I go to my church. Mm. My child ain't going to this school because I ain't got no money to pay for him to go to that school. Mm. Well, anyhow, let him stay home with his Grammy. Big problem. Mm. And then, you know, it isn't like all of the men and women work together because it's it, to the women, I think they think that the man is just trying to get away. But if the men really be fair to themselves and the women, then the men wouldn't be as abused and not be recognized as if when a woman is abused and it is recognized. Mm. Men abuse is not always taken into consideration. I mean, I don't think it ever is because if it ain't like fatal or close to being fatal. Right. Like, it doesn't it doesn't merit anything. Yeah. A man comes to the station and he reports a matter. And um I take that very serious. Mm. And I take it so serious that even if I have to get up and um excuse myself or um ask if my supervisor is there, there's no supervisor, I put myself on the scene and I go in here with both parties, so I invite them into the station. Mm. Better still, because it's easier to deal with them at a station than in their home, because, well, I pay for this house. Mm. Oh, I pay. Also, hold on. 
Let me show you the receipt. Mm. Here we go again. The man feels belittled. Mm. He may not have paid or found the house, but if you look at the amount of money and his time that he has contributed, but then it is never looked at, so to speak. So they turn into acting out in a physical realm mm. or situation. But do we really take what has transpired with that man individually, starting not only with the relationship he has with his wife or his girlfriend, let's look back straight to where he came from, his home. You know, when, when I was growing up, when all the children was allowed to play, you stupid, eh? How you could go and play in these dishes in England? The cat getting ready to jump on the counter and lick out the plate. Mm -hmm. Flies coming in the house. You ain't scrubbed the floor yet. Back then, I had to scrub the floor. We had a wooden floor. Mm. We had a screen with ball up, and we had to suds the floor. I had to scrub. And you couldn't play. You turn in the middle of the road playing roundings or batting ball, we used to call it. Shoot, man. You can't do nothing unless your work has been completed. By the time it's that, the sun then down. Mm. You understand? Mm. And that was one of my reasons, too. I was glad enough to join the police force and make it a career, mm. and not only a career, it, is a, it has taught me many values to this day. Mm. It has taught me many values. That's what took me straight into Jungunu, and I take Jungunu so serious. It's going be more so for like the community outreach because it was what I realized, like coming back home 2017 and starting a Jungunu trademark in 2018, I realized that you know, even with this dogma with junk new or being all oh, this is just a bunch of drunkards, the no. low level thing. There's a lot of policemen a part of junk new. Let me tell and, you something. You know, we have the finest of them uh -huh. all from every societal entity uh -huh. or job career. We have doctors, uh -huh. we have lawyers, we have uh um um pastors. Uh -huh. We have um, religious believers, whether they're Rastafarian, Judaism, uh, whether uh, all walks of life. Mm. Chongkunu canvases that of a whole lot of different talent. Mm. You understand? Because if you notice, the music and even in all changes, mm. the instruments are increasing. Mm -hmm. Different instruments are added to Jungle that could bring harmony and melody, and, mm -hmm. you know? And so... You um, need a brain yeah, to yeah. notice. You need a brain yeah. to understand physics and mechanics ah. and all these technical engineers right. that build costumes. Right. So it's like you can't just... It ain't just a riffraff. In the like, you know, even like, like Even like you with your profession, mm -hmm. um, working with the media, if you really sit back and think what you could do with Jungunu, you don't know the lives that you as an individual could change mm. as it relates to Jungunu. And I will tell you, Justin, you could change it so much mm. that the crime mm. will drop because of the media house. If the media houses and more of the Bahamian businesses get involved with Jungunu, Mm -hmm. Along with, like how you do it in an interview with me. Mm -hmm. Let's interview 
someone who we think of less intelligence or less experience. Give him an opportunity. You know what he will do or she will do? They will value themselves more. Mm. They will always be prepared for when Justin come around. What do you think about this? Mm. What do you think about that? He fixes up himself. She prims and fixes up herself, mm. and they prepare for Justin and this great interview. Mm. And you give them a sense of being a part of society. Mm. Sometimes we reach out to the doctors and the lawyers. Go to the little man. Go to the poison who you see sweeping out the shark, mm. who you see picking up the cardboard, and the ones who really say, hear their opinions, hear their take on a lot of stuff, and it brings value to your country. It brings mm. value to what it is you do editorial mm. or for marketing. And especially in Jungkunu, you will find it. You hear some things, you learn some things you never even thought of, but it's there. Yeah, because um, I remember when we spoke about doing this, and we have more star stuff coming on. I turned him into a whole actor coming mm. soon on the Homemade Heroes universe. But I think we spoke about this. This was last year at uh, Peter Gilkes, you know. Right. Uh, like when we did the, yeah. the wake across the wake, from right, first, Baptist. first Baptist. And then people was like, well, how all y'all gathered at this? Like, like police, all a lot of them is police. Like, you know, right. because people yeah. have this notion of where Junkanoo is like, oh, it's the rugger, all this, blah, 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 blah. But it's like, you know how much police officers around? Like, you know, when right. I go around, I be safe because I know who, who, who. Plenty of police officers. So it's like, you know, it we, ain't like. We have a lot of It ain't like this stigma of, oh, I can get robbed or. You ain't no, it's not Because it's like, no, but like police there. <laughs> you just you ain't, they, they just ain't in uniform. But if you know, you know. Plenty. So, you know. I'm telling um, you. So with Junko and other avenues, which you was talking about earlier, do you how important you think community outreach is? Because in a space like Junko or, you know, you have the cadet corps or you have like Kiwanis and things like that. It's important that, you know, people see you as human because out of the police uniform to be like, right. okay, you could touch me. You ain't. Because like when you see essentially what an officer is, is an extension of the government. Yeah. Or whatever. And the demeanor. Yeah. Their facial structure. Yeah. Sometimes the um, clothing, like I tell people uh -huh. I meet, when they see me with my stripes and my weapons and they see me patrolling, I said, let me tell you, don't, don't be afraid of the police. Mm. I said, I have on the uniform, but this does not make me a man. I point into the heavens mm. and I say, God made me a man, mm. not the uniform. God made you a man and made her a woman. Mm. I say, you all agree? Yes, sir. Mm. Then they get more comfortable mm. and then they will share their situation. And, you know, sometimes we as people, career-minded people, like I just said, mm. with you being in the media house, you reach out to the same persons who people least expect for you to go to. Mm. Hear their views. Why they in Jungkunu? What causes them to come? They don't get paid. You rush for four to five to ten hundred million hours for mm -hmm. free. For free. For you free. And you dollars. You don't cost them. No, no. You ain't got. <laughs> the worst thing in Jungle would have sent anyone to Zandalets. Or the cost you free go to kick a conniption. Getting Jeff. 
is the results. You ain't worrying about how long you rush no more, you know. Nah. The results are what number you gonna pick. They're the two most dangerous parts mm. in going to the parade as it relates to the competition of that of jungle. Mm. When we get what we get, mm. get fifth, then you know that's pressure. Mm. You will be teased by other friends from other groups or the group in which they may be in that may have beaten your group. Um, and it's been fun. If you notice in Jungle, like you say, you could go in any group in dark corner. Mm. You could have like a thousand people in the road mm. to awake holding a Jungle parade getting for a loved one. And you will not receive not one violent threat unless you and that individual had personal mm. issues prior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But other than that, and guess what? No one is going to rob you. No one going to hurt you, especially if they know that you come to an event. That's what I found so unique about Jungle. Mm. And it could be in some of the most closed up, the most ghetto area um, that you can find. You know, like right now, um, our group, has been invited. I don't know which group, which group you represent. Roots, roots, roots. <laughs> roots, men lose or draw. Roots, Jungle Group. Uh, yeah, spearheaded and led by our chairman, um, Mr. Wendell Gus Francis. Hmm. You know, he's a good man. He helped uh, try and, you know, bring the community, bring us to the community. Right now, we're getting ready to do something for Camp Road. Hmm. You know, in fact, um, I think I don't have the actual date now, but we have something. We're going to do an outreach, I think, next week for 8 o'clock in the morning by Uriah McVie. Okay. We're going to go there, and um, we're going to bring some love in that community. I want you to believe it. And if you, if I'll give you a call and let you know if you want to come, bring some friends and bring the media house. You know, we want to foster... I mean, I can day. make the, mm -hmm. the media report. I just could just pass. Just yeah, send me the information uh, I can pass. Yeah, 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 you see, because, you know, um, a lot of people are hurting. Mm. And you have to foster that relationship with people, you know. And so a lot of them are afraid to come out of their homes because of what they heard, what they read in the tabloids, or what they get on their media um, devices. They don't want to even come out of camera. But mm. so we bring the jungle to them. Mm. You know, and try and mix and mingle and show love. But, you know, it, it's, it's a lot in Jungunu. Mm. The police force, the Jungunu, and like I always said, if we could lock hands with the media houses, the business entrepreneurs and companies mm. and force it in the Jungunu, that's where you get the majority of people that becomes idle. Mm. And if companies and business houses come, you could pick up three or four workers. You mm. could get your employment or employees right from out of jungle. Mm. And once you approach them with a great attitude and give them an opportunity, you'll be surprised to know how long they will work for you and the amount of work they will do. Jungleers are usually good workers mm. because if you look at it... You need a discipline, you need... Yeah, because you know. they know about tedious hours working in the shark for nothing. You can imagine you sitting up with nothing, just cutting paper, just because you want your group to win. Yeah. And, and, That's real dedication. And, yeah, and they're, yeah. they're doing that, and he mean that, mm. and he's not going to sleep. Mm. He'd be there and make sure. So if we get painters, 
We get um, men who want to do landscape. They may not be as smart as you and I, mm. but hands on, hands off, chongunu, mm. come right to the shops. Mm. So with this talk of junkin, right? And obviously junkinu is a gathering of community and people. Yes. Uh, the situation we have in the country now is, you know, the uptick in murder rate and the gang violence and things like that. So mm. how do, because... In contrast to when you join the police force, this wasn't a rampant thing. But over the years, as it going through the 90s to the 2000s, 2010s, it's been a more consistent problem where to the point where government has passed different several acts against like, you know, anti-gang acts and, you know, assembly, almost like RICOs, what they have in the United States where, you know, criminal organizations and, you know, having stiffer penalties for being associated with these these entities, like how do y'all sort of really police around that? Trying, you know, because naturally human beings, we all want to gather together. That's why Junkanoo exists because everybody want to group up and work together for mm-hmm. you know to compete on Bay Street, New Year's Day, Boxing Day. But then in this situation, they grouping up together to go against this person or go against this entity, and you know, identity is a bit nonsensical. And, you know, it don't really need to know we're positive. So what's your take on that? I'm glad you ask. Yeah. And um, I'm glad you mention it. Um, yeah. When you look at the commissioners over the number of years yeah. who has permitted and allowed um, officers who are a part of a particular group or culture, we get involved. If you look at our police bond, mm. The police bond, the world famous Royal Bahamas police force bond. Mm. That's the name noted around the world globally. Many of those men and women are part of jungle group, part of some urban renewal bond um, where we um, interact with young people, we interact with persons who have not been given an opportunity or we may wish for them to have an opportunity. They get into some musical playing instruments and we go around to the different schools and we reach out to a lot of them and we have them to join in the, like the cadet corps and then they mm-hmm. come eventually in the police force. But today, me being a police, do you realize during any jungle parade, if there's one problem, with a member in our group, they will come straight to me. And I could diffuse a situation in almost one shot. Actually, I've seen you do that before. Because yes. it was one, to go back to 2018, me and Kool-Aid, we on the top of the fort. Yeah. And he like, wait, look, wait. I said, what you talking about? Wait, look, wait, look, wait. Yeah. And then it was like, something happened where, I guess this dude, he was playing out of rhythm and they... Push him out the line oh, and right. press his drum. Right. And then like you calm it down. Like, like, hey, calm it down. Yeah, 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 yeah. He calm yeah. it down. Because, you know, I'll tell you, Justin, nah. that could have spiraled out of control where bottles and stones would have been thrown. Yeah. Someone could get hurt. Yeah. Or, you know, even yet still some form of retaliation. Mm. And um, innocent people get hurt because of it. The thing is, I defuse it right away. Then we have like officers who... They are part of the group. They just be standing amongst or in midst or 
and close proximity that even if I need some assistance, I don't even have to call control room. We diffuse that right away. When we go into the large parades like the youth march, the Labor Day parades, the um, Independence Day parade, the side parades, usually if you look at the itinerary of that of the Royal Bahamas Police Force, they have a lot of officers in uniforms mm. out at those places. But primarily speaking, we are also officers who may be on duty and playing close. Mm. We are not going to permit any um, bystander or any visitors or any person that may want to come. We can let you get hurt. Mm. We are not, we are well trained. Um, and we know just about all of the playing clothes officers. We can send a message or someone at run say, boy, come, come. Sergeant, a little thing down there, come. And they'll bring three, four, five, ten police will come. Mm. And if it's out of control, they call control room. And then we'll have the uniform branch come in and diffuse that right then and there. Mm. The thing about it is I love being among jungleers. Mm. I don't know why I'm so comfortable with them. I'm more comfortable than if I go alone in the night. Mm. Because, um, you know, you go out alone, you don't know who your adversaries are, who may want to hurt you. Yeah, but jungleers will protect you. You'll have to really have done something to someone Mm. for you to get in a big incident or fight or get injured. Let me tell you something. We have a lot of Marine officers, mm. a lot of prison officers in those bonds. And we do a good job with helping the police force save some of its resources mm. of having to come to those parades, um, trying to get through the parade or get there because we have officers that are part of these communities, a part of these groups, a part of these civic organization. And I thank our commissioners for over the years who have permitted the officers on their time off mm-hmm. or make availability for them to partake. Because it has helped me and it helped me help them that help us and help you keep all us safe, keep the country safe. Because I think that's true. That should that you shouldn't be in a position to where permission have to be given. That should just be a given. You should just be freely allowed to do it because it's going to help the community at large as the, the you know, especially relations between civilians and the armed forces to where it's like, uh, if I'm mixing them with you, I just like, you ain't like, they won't be seen or the officers disconnected or what's going on. No, no, I on the ground every day. I didn't see. I already know what's going on. When you take X, Y, and Z happen around the corner, I was right there. Right there. So, you know, like, yeah. you know, ain't like I hear and then reacting right. or whatever. I see it with my two eyes. Yeah. So, you know, but any last things you want to leave the general public that is viewing and listening to this? Because I think we gave a lot of good information. Well, today. I'll tell you, I just um, want everybody to be safe. Mm. Um, People might say you are a snitch. Nah. And until it happens to me or you is when we cry out for help. Mm. A lot of us are crying now, not in a physical view where people can see tears. We're inside. We are hurt. Lots of people are hurt. They don't know who to turn to. They don't know who to trust. They don't know if they should go and trust the police officers. They don't know if they should go into the station because 
one of the officers is their neighbor mm. or so on. But I wanted to urge um, the members of the public, if you see crime or anything happening, before it hits home, it's our home, your home, my home, even Justin's home, that it is always a preventative way on measures. Reach out to someone that you could trust. You could even reach out to me. You know, I'm in Roots Down Group. Mm. Um, I keep all the information confidential. Mm. I'm a very confidential guy. Mm. Um, I go and I deal with people professionally and I do my endeavor. So I want to urge the members of the public who are watching and you're listening and so on and so forth. You know, um, trust the Royal Bahamas Police Force. Trust our leaderships. Mm. Trust the officers that are in your area. Sometimes you get familiar and talk with them and give them information that is vital, that is important to even help put preventative places or things in place. Because I want you all to understand, every time back then, the police force moved three or four or five steps, the criminal comes up and go 10. And then they go to 20. They jump up in tens and thousands and so on. And so in order to keep it down, we need them. We need them even more as we all combat this crime crisis. Not only here in the Bahamas, you know. There are crime all over the world, worse than the Bahamas. So we're doing great because we still have one another. And we still have a better way to foster relationship with the law enforcement officers, even our pastors and clergymen and social workers. So I just want them to be comfortable, mm. but we will all get to it someday. We ain't gonna stop all the crime now because Jesus Christ of Nazareth, he died on the cross mm. so that mankind could live better and crime would stop. They still ain't stop. Mm-hmm. And if Jesus tried and he sacrificed his life and what you think about us? It takes all of us to help slow it down. It takes a no, whole community. A whole community. Yeah. yeah. You see? But I think as a nation, we're doing great. Despite a lot of people's homes and lives has been touched, a lot, we we doing great as a nation. Okay. Yeah. And with that, thank you again, yeah. Officer, Sergeant. Sergeant yes. Yes, sir. Jesus. Yes, sir. You can see more of him. He gave the war daddy. War daddy in the place. place. 800 million. 800 million. All over the continent, every land, the archipelago, eh? Oh, man. Hundreds of thousands. Y'all hear more about this story on Jump Loose Stories when we get together, as well as I got. I forget the role, I bought the Soul Star writing. So we we looking to probably shoot that next month in July sometime. But thank y'all again for watching. Everything cool. Everything cool. See y'all later. Peace. Yes, peace out. Yeah, yes. All right, all right. <laughs>